Yo, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, George Mike Perez, a.k.a. G. Mike. Y'all already know what it is, baby. Back with another episode of The G Perspective. You guys can follow me on all my socials on Twitter at George Mike Perez, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at G Mike Media underscore. The podcast itself, the audio version, is available on all podcast platforms under the G Perspective and on YouTube as well. This week's episode, I'm bringing on an old guest, Logan Peter, to talk about how his franchise quarterback has gotten a crazy extension for the next NFL season and seasons till 2028. And then we jump into the NBA playoffs, the first round and how exciting it has been and what to expect for the next round and the next few rounds and then the championship round. So please like, subscribe, leave some comments, talk your smack, and let's get into it. My boy Logan Peter, man, how you doing? What's up, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, as always. Nice to see you, of course. I see you too, man. Thank you for taking your time and coming on. I know you're a busy guy right now with all the stuff that you're going on over there in Philly. They're going to be Washington soon. Hey, congrats oh, to you, by the way. Work hard, baby. Work hard. Hard work pays off. I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting time. Exciting. Different, but, you know, going to embrace it. Yeah, that's what's up. And I know you're excited right now with your, with your Sixers moving oh, on. Yeah. The first team to move on to the second round in the NBA playoffs. Jeez. Sweeping the Brooklyn Nets 4-0. Man, I just gotta I gotta mention it, man, because it's gonna be a heartbreaker if you guys lose your big man Joel Embiid. Right now, there's an injury that the MRI came back. It's not looking too good. What Doc Rivers says, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, saying it's not doesn't look too good. But the next matchup for you guys will either be the Boston Celtics or the Atlanta Hawks. And right now it's looking like the Boston Celtics, since they're up 3-1 with Embiid being questionable for the next round. How are you feeling about your Sixers in the second round coming up? You know, it's uh, it's funny because I feel like this is the first time that uh, Doc Rivers has actually had like a little bit of depth to work with uh, when it comes to the Sixers. Okay. There's, I mean, you could argue Andre Drummond uh, came here and did a good job as the backup uh, for Joel Embiid, but I think arguably that Paul Reed has been one of the better backups that Embiid has ever had uh, in terms of, not just being a rim protector on defense, but he can really chase the boards down on both ends. He showed it in game four in Brooklyn. He had nine offensive rebounds, 15 total. He was a menace down there. P.J. Tucker's another guy that they never had that I think it makes massive div- – I mean, you know him very well. He, he makes a massive dividends for your team when you need somebody to just – have that dog mentality and have somebody that is constantly always in that face on defense and always making sure that there's somebody, nobody's getting easy shots up like ever. And it's contagious. Like everybody wants to kind of play that way. Once you see a guy kind of, I don't know, replicating the best type of defense that you can see in the league. So I don't know. I think at the end of the day, you need Embiid to win the championship. It's uh, without a doubt. And they can't even, it's been tough to get over the Boston hump for them, even with Joe. So without him, it's going to be difficult. Like, don't get me wrong. But I also know that over the years, Doc Rivers has done a lot of, uh, a lot of 
I'll say fibbing when it comes to uh, talking to the media about things. And uh, not to say that Embiid's injury isn't serious, because I think at the end of the day, there definitely is something bothering him or else he would be playing. But I also do think that you'll you'll see you'll see Embiid ready at if not by game one def for sure by two and beyond that yeah I mean for sure you guys need Embiid like how you're saying 100% he's the I would say the MVP this year other people will say Jokic but I if I had a vote I would definitely vote him I know you would as well I would think that he would be the MVP so if you don't have the MVP out there playing for you it's going to be a lot of misconceptions going on on the court when it comes to what plays to run who's gonna step up like for, for example Tyrese Maxey right now he he probably could be the number one scorer on your team if Joel Embiid is out he's gonna probably have to be taking at least five to ten more field goal attempts a game even Tobias Harris last game he was coming out aggressive in the first half and even in the second half towards uh the fourth quarter and towards the end of the game he was being kind of aggressive too but the the other dude that kind of worry about is James Harden because who you think that we all right John beats out James Harden is going to step up be that scoring threat that he was years ago that he can bring him back this and that but he hasn't been showing us that and is is it something that you guys are worried about if he's not showing up to score or do you want him to be more of the past first uh, point guard and try to get Tyrese Maxey there to be the number one scoring option. You know, I think for sure it's worrisome because, I mean, you look at the, you just look at the tenure that Harden's had so far with the Sixers. It's at times when, especially not in the postseason, at times he can go to a different level and he has done that. And he's shown flashes of Houston Harden and he's shown flashes of what he did with Brooklyn as well. But some for some reason, I mean, and he's always kind of done. I mean, when Houston, he had a couple of years in the postseason that was well, or that he played well in. But I mean, the past couple of years, when he gets to the postseason, it's kind of like, eh, well, where where did James Harden go? Like, yeah. he went. I mean, he was close to at least four for twelve or thirteen shooting game four. I know he didn't have the best perf- uh, performance shooting game three. He shot it well game one, but besides that, I don't really look. The problem with James Harden is there's so much other things that he can actually do so much better now that now than scoring. Like I think he can pass the ball so much better now and read defenses better. Like the two man game he was doing with Paul Reed in uh game four was it's great. Like Paul Reed just does simple things, moving off ball screens, things of that nature, and he gets wide open looks. So I would want Maxi being the number one. I really would. And I would want Tobias Harris to be more aggressive as long as Embiid's out. But Obviously, you always want the big man in there, and that's who, at the end of the day, needs to be there for them to win. Like, yeah, there's no reason to even talk about the Sixers if Embiid's out, because at the end of the day, either Boston or a healthy Giannis, because you don't know what he's bringing right now either. But a healthy Bucks or Celtics roster would probably dismantle an Embiidless Sixers, regardless of if Harden, Maxi, or Toby, or even any of the bench guys, just magically go crazy i don't know it would just be tough for me to see them beating a tatum brown duo or Giannis middleton holiday i don't know it just to me if 21's not there you really don't got a shot yeah so, but let, let's speak on the the best case scenario for you guys let's okay. say 21 comes back it's all good doc rumors doc rivers is making these rumors up because he just wants to make them up so he mm-hmm. comes back and he's playing healthy you guys play 
Now, this is not the best case scenario. Obviously, the best case scenario for you guys would be the Atlanta Hawks next. <laughs> but we're going to go reality here, and we're going to say the Boston Celtics are moving on to the next round, hypothetically speaking. So you guys face the Celtics, healthy Embiid. How do you think it's going to play out? It's going to be a dogfight. I mean, both teams – I mean, Boston has had their number over the over the past couple of years and throughout Embiid's tenure, really. Uh, but that's not to say that that switch – can't change like that just considering the fact that Embiid's been playing the level that he's been at and Toby Maxi, and Harden again if James Harden can shoot it well which like if he could shoot the ball like he did in game one of this series throughout an entirety or throughout the entirety of a series there's that's like a wild card that you could pull in or pull out regard like you don't know like that's something that could be in the deck or might not be and if it is, I think they have a really good chance of beating the Celtics if Embiid stays in there because you know what he's going to do. He's going to get his unless they pull something like Brooklyn did where in game three they really just harassed him. Like it was just a lot of three guys all over him and trying to make sure that he can't shoot at all and just couldn't really control the ball. And I think – I don't want to say that's why he got hurt, but a lot of people I saw on like social media talking about like – uh, he's falling a lot, and like, why is this isn't good for the league? Blah blah. blah. Like, he was taught to fall because of the injuries that he's had throughout his career. I mean, yeah, right. obviously the foot injury in college and everything. He's, he's a big dude, and I'm I mean I'm not as tall as him, but most guys in the NBA are around my height, and when they're jumping that high and coming down on their legs, like it's not fun. <laughs> you definitely it doesn't feel good. So I can see why he falls and does all these things. So. To me, it's kind of confusing how he got hurt, but because he's been doing it all year. Like, if you've been watching the Sixers throughout the year, like, this is just how he plays. He falls a lot because he doesn't want to add those nagging little injuries to his body, which, I mean, as a Sixers fan, you can appreciate because of how much time he missed before these last couple of years. So, yeah. And, and obviously, I'm not, we're not uh, professionals that are working alongside these NBA players and stuff, but like, just, Having common sense, if you're a big dude like that, you're going to be taught to fall because if you're coming down on one of, you, one of your legs or both legs sometimes and you you try to catch yourself and stay up and you never know, you might you might twist your knee a little bit, your ankle might get twisted, a ligament might shift out of place. So when you fall, it's better for your body because you're putting all your weight on on letting yourself go and yeah, maybe you you get a hip bone or or a butt bone or something like that. Like it's gonna it's gonna really sting and be a bruise, but it, that's way better than tearing a ligament or something like that. So I feel like that that whole thing of fans on social media saying, "Oh, why does he fall so much?" This and that. I, it's honestly way better for him to fall than it is for him to try to catch himself. Hundred percent, seven feet tall. He's probably like what two sixty. Yeah, like it's just it's not fun. Dude. Yeah, and if you're falling like that constantly, like your legs are just—it's just gonna take a toll, like naturally. At the end yeah. of the day, like you're constantly doing it night in and night out. Like it's you know, it's just natural. It's gonna start to nag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it comes to to you guys and the Celtics, I actually like the matchup between you guys because you guys, both teams are really deep. I uh, I would say defensively, Boston has the better edge against y'all, but. I feel like it would go seven games for sure. I just think that the, the Celtics will take it just because they have scoring threats outside of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. If you if you haven't noticed um, against uh, actually, I, 
the last part of the season towards now playing against the Hawks. Derek White is stepping up to score a lot. Marcus Smart is being more aggressive and driving into the baskets, taking some shots. Robert Williams is back, trying to get back to his old self. He's not he's not there yet, but he's getting there. Obviously, playing against Embiid, is, he's not going to be taking shots like that. But he can go up to the rim, try to get some fouls, and try to get some layups and dunks. Al Horford, he's trying to be another three-point threat for the Celtics. I just feel like they're super deep when it comes to scoring. You guys are too. You got Tobias, like I said, Maxi. But the thing is, is like I said, worried about James Harden. Because if he doesn't come out and be a scoring threat while being a pass-first point guard, it's going to be tough for you guys to be matching back and forth, especially if Embiid's not healthy. We need you need James Harden to try to drop thirty points a game. Yeah, like, and he has to try to do that. Yeah, and I think the thing with Harden too is he gets a lot of open looks naturally, just the way he plays when he gets to the rim. And a lot of the times, especially in the past couple of games, like he gets to the rim and he's not finishing. He's not doing the same things that he was doing in Houston. Like he gets to the rim and somebody. I mean, most guys play good defense when they're down there. Like you're in with the trees, someone's gonna get a hand in there or in your face and. When he was doing that in Houston, he was scoring, getting N1s, doing all this crazy stuff. And now it's kind of like he's getting there, but he, it's, you know, dollar move, 10 cent finish. Like it's. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, I feel like he'd be thinking, like, okay, I can do that. I can't get back to that Houston scoring James Harden threat that I used to be. But then I feel like it fades away too when he starts seeing, like, okay, let me feed him beat. Let me feed Maxi. This and that. Like, yeah. Get your teammates involved 100%, but they need you to score, bro. Like, at the end of the day, it's all about getting buckets. That's the only thing that really matters when it comes to playing a basketball game, pickup, professional, collegiate, high school, whatever the fact is, it's about getting buckets. And, yeah, James Harden is a great point guard. He can get his teammates involved. He can get some rebounds. He knows how to make plays on the offensive end, but – the Sixers need you to score, and especially if Embiid's out, you need to be that Houston James Harden scoring threat. Absolutely. No, I, I 100% agree. Yes. Well, uh, you guys are already in the second round. That's dope. You guys get a lot of rest. Hopefully, Embiid gets enough rest that he could come back and thug it out, try to get back on the court for his team, which I know he he 100% wants to. He He's a dog like that. Uh, hopefully he does come back healthy, man, and and suits up against the Boston Celtics, bro, because they you guys really need him. And for the NBA, man, we would love to see him out there, you know, potential MVP. We got to see him on the court in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, for sure. And you want you want the best you want the best matchups at this point in the year. Like you want to see you want to see Tatum Brown go against Harden and Embiid, and like everybody healthy is just it's just you know, like you said, it's just, it's just better for the league. Yeah, yeah. Well. Talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs, but we got two games tonight. Today is Monday, April 24th. The Heat take on the Milwaukee Bucks for game four, and the Los Angeles Lakers take on the Memphis Grizzlies for game four. We'll go with the first game of the slate, which is Milwaukee against the Bucks. You already know me, man. You know, I, I, I got to go with the damn Heat. But we'll talk about the realist, <laughs> the realistic, the realistic outcome of what is going on so game four Giannis onto the Kumpo will come back he has not played a game I, I'm sorry he played game one but he got injured early in the game got taken out he took that game the next game Milwaukee took last game Miami took with Giannis out again but tonight he will be coming back and playing on the 
fourth game of this series. With Giannis coming back, how are you looking how tonight's game will go? Um, I know that Mike Budenholzer's team is 32 and 33 without Giannis uh, since he got hired. Uh, he has a good system in place. I really like the system that the Bucks have. Obviously, they're a one seed for a reason, but that's also with Giannis playing throughout that as well. Uh, look, it's tough to it's tough to gauge what the Heat could look like against Giannis because, like you mentioned, we haven't really seen it much this series, and we saw how it fared last year, and it didn't fare well for him. So, you know. Obviously, we have to see how healthy Giannis is if, if he comes back and he's a shell of himself and he's just doing the bare minimum to be on the court, which I don't think will happen. I think he took the days off necessary that he needed to take off in order to get back to where he thinks he needs to be on the court. So I see the Bucks winning this game, uh, making it 2-2. It would be tough for me to see Miami winning this game, but I think if they do win this game, then they put themselves in the driver's seat to perhaps – make a historic historic series out of this thing i mean miami has the talent i mean obviously there's little things that have happened obviously al depot getting hurt and all this stuff that you know you can't really you can't predict so it's it happens and that's just part of the game but butler shrews tower hero bam's been playing well recently i mean you have the talent it's not a question of the talent. I think it's more so the fact is Jimmy Butler going to be able to make the same impact that Giannis makes every single time he steps on the floor for the Bucks, And I think that'll be the difference maker because Jimmy Butler has the capabilities of doing that. What do you have? 30 points in three quarters in game yeah. three. I mean, his, he's obviously has the talent and capability to be that guy. It's just a matter of, can he outshine Giannis on one of the base stages? Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go with you. I think the Bucks do take it tonight because with Giannis, it's just a whole different team. Like they just play way more confidently. They shoot the ball, they shoot the three like it's lights out. Like there's no one in the gym. They're just shooting like w- with their coach passing them the ball and stuff. If if the Heat really want to take this game, and I feel like we really need to. Going up three one in the series is is tough for a team to come back. Obviously, we've seen we've seen it done before with LeBron against the Warriors in the finals, but we haven't seen it done a lot. So if we go three one in this series, it would be like you said, we're taking we're, we're getting in the driver's seat on this. But the way that we take this game tonight is coming out as aggressive as we did in Game Three. We cannot come out with the mentality of okay, we're just gonna try to slow Giannis down. Because he's not going to be playing at 100%. Let's be real. He's not going to be playing at 100%. He's going to be maybe like 80, 85. He's going to try and play at the 100% he wants to because he's just a dog like that. But his lower back, a lower back issue, that's that's something that does not, not take a few days to, to mm-hmm. heal. You know what I'm saying? Like it takes like months to actually really feel like yourself again. So he's not going to be playing at that full potential that he wants to. So we need to come out and be so aggressive. Come, Coming in, shooting lights out like they do. We cannot have no room for errors, especially with our turnovers. Because with, with Giannis on the court, uh, I don't know what the hell it is, but our turnovers go through the roof. And it's just like we it's have the Giannis to, effect. Yeah, literally, literally. Giannis effect. It's a new trademark for him. Because, God damn, man, we need, a, we need to minimize those turnovers like to 
two to three in the first half because if we go over five turnovers in the first half, they're going to take off on us, man. They got Drew Holiday. He's a dog as well. He can go up and down the court, score whenever he feels like it, like he did last game and the game before. But this game, I think he'll take a little step back, but still, he could score at will. Chris Middleton, mid-range assassin. Like, it's just, it's, it's going to be a lot for us to handle, and especially with Bobby Portis coming off the bench, which I think, by the way, I'm going to say he got robbed for the sixth man of the year. But that's a whole different conversation. He comes off the bench. He's another scoring threat as well and grabbing rebounds. And you, we saw how Bam played against Click Capella, or a dude that's just trying to go out there and grab rebounds and do nothing else. Yeah, and don't overlook Brooke either. Brooke Lopez is playing well. Yep. There's, they yep. have a, they have a lot of guys over there too, man. It's it's I mean Wesley Matthews. Like it's it's the the type of thing with the Bucks too is like it's 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 interesting with them because obviously they're amazing with Giannis in the lineup like it's it's just kind of set in stone that when he is playing then they're going to be a title contender and even without them it's it's interesting to see how different this series has gone in comparison to last year because obviously the teams are a little bit different but they're not I'd argue that the Heat's team last year was better than this year's team and I'd also argue that this year's Bucks team was better than last year's Bucks team because I do think the Bucks at the end of the day, we'll find themselves back in the NBA Finals and perhaps winning it again. So it's funny to see how different that this series has worked out in comparison to last year, considering the fact that Giannis has been out and the Heat have kind of looked commanding in the three games that obviously the Bucks handled them in the game that they won. But the two games that Miami's won, they really have like put their throats down on the ground. Like it was, they've been dominating. That's how it has to be, though. Because if you if you're coming out here, you're the A seed. Obviously, I don't I don't think Miami's a true A seed. I think that we went through a lot of bumps on the road this season. I think we should have been fourth or fifth, but that's a different conversation. But if you're the A seed going up against a true one seed, which I think Milwaukee is, without a doubt, with a full healthy lineup, you gotta come out with the underdog mentality and like you said, put your Put your foot on their throats and don't let them get up. And that's how it has to be tonight going into the game, especially at home, too. You're going to have the crowd. You're going to have all the fans cheering and all this. You're going to have that positive energy going through you guys. Yes, Giannis is going to be on the court, and you guys are going to worry about that because it's just it's just about being human at that point. But you got to come out aggressive. Defensively, I'm not worried about it because we we do what we need to do on defense, even though we do have a, errors here and there. But the offense is what really like really gets me on the fence about who's gonna win. But I I think the Bucks will tie it tonight for sure, and then go back home and try to try to get their home win. I was gonna say because if look if Miami does pull out a win tonight, and you give yourselves a chance to win that series perhaps in six games. Because I, I think regardless of what happens tonight, the Bucs are winning game five. Facts. The Bucs are going home and winning game five. You're not going to beat them at home, I don't think, with Giannis on the court. With that being said, if you do somehow get hot tonight, Jimmy decides to be that dog he is and outplays Giannis, and the role guys do what they do, and Struis and Hero stroke that thing like they're supposed to, then – Well, here, Hero's out. Oh, Hero's out? Yeah, yeah, he broke his hand. Oh, yeah, first. he broke his hand. He yeah. did. I forgot. Wow. Okay, so Struess. And honestly, if you think about it, Bam should be able to do his thing too. I like 
I like the way Bam looks, even when Giannis is in the lineup. I will say because he's just that type of guy that he gets so he gets so low that he can really get to where he wants on the court, regardless of who's on him. And even when Embiid's on him, he usually gets to where he wants onto the court when he takes a shot. So, and Embiid to me is one of the guys that is basically immovable in the league. So if you can move him, you can probably move anybody. I don't know. Jimmy Bowen needs to be that guy. Like I said, there's yeah. there's really nobody, there's nothing else that in my head could make this series sway more than Jimmy Butler. And yeah. even with Giannis, it's Jimmy Butler has the keys right now. He's up 2-1, and if he can get this home win and then somehow force a way to come back in game six and have a chance to win that series, force the Bucks to have to win a game on the road, you never know what could happen. You yeah. really don't. Yeah, I think... This is a pivotal game for both teams, for real. Like both teams, like really need this win, and, and that's why I feel that's that's why I think Giannis is coming back to play tonight. Like I said, I don't think he's gonna be a hundred percent. I think he's gonna be yeah. 80, 85. I think if, he, I think if Milwaukee won Game Three, then he wouldn't have. Yeah, facts, facts. Me too, me too. Or even Game One, if they would have won Game One and gone up two zero, and we came back here and won two two, I I still or two one. I'm sorry, I, I still feel like he wouldn't play tonight. He'll be like, you know what? Take the day off, whatever. If they tie it up, it's cool. We're going to go back to our crib. We're going to win there, and then we're going to try and win on the road. But, yeah, the the game after that is going to be pretty exciting as well. The Lakers are hosting the Memphis Grizzlies, and they're up 2-1 in this series. <laughs> last game, I don't know about you, Logan. We haven't talked about it, but last game I knew the Lakers were going to go off because of what Dylan Brooks said after game two was just a stab to the heart of LeBron James. And he, I feel like he forgets who the hell LeBron James is. You think so? You think he forgets who he is? <laughs> it's just, man, I, I was, I, I was like, bro, the Lakers are gonna come out hot. They're gonna come out ready to play. Memphis is an unexperienced team compared to the players that the Lakers have. Um, man, when they came out eighteen to two. 35 and then I did, to 9 to end 30, the first. Yep, 35 to 9 to end the first quarter. I was like, yeah, this is game already, bro. Yeah, like, you pack it up, halftime, everybody leave early, you know. But this game, you know, I, 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 I'm going to just go off and say what I'm going to say before I ask you. I think Memphis takes this game because I feel like they, whenever they lose, they get this, like, roaring energy. That just gives them so much confidence and don't care who's in the arena watching them. They're they're playing like if if it's their first time playing in the NBA, they're super excited, going out there firing on all cylinders. And now with the Lakers up 2-1 and how they played last game, I think they are going to be fired up for this game 100%. I don't think that's going to go away. I just think Memphis is going to have that edge on them that they're just going to come out and win by like 10 points at the end of the game. Yeah, I I mean this series is super intriguing to me. Obviously, for yeah. I I to be honest, I think there's only one series that's more enter that's been more entertaining than this series, and that's been the Kings Warriors series. Thanks. And I think we'll get into that a little bit later. But the off court stuff really to me has been like I mean the best part about this series. Obviously, yeah. you get to see what Dylan Brooks said about how you know I don't respect anybody until they drop forty on me. LeBron's old. I mean, <laughs> I mean what? Why? 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 What? What? what, what why would you even like think to say something like that? I just don't understand. Like I get you want to be this guy that has this mantra about him and stuff like that. But to me, it just doesn't make any sense why you'd want to 
why would you want to poke that out of any bear? That one, the goat, the one that the, the best player of all time. That's who you want to provoke in in the midst of a run where he wants to sub, basically submit his legacy as the greatest of all time. If he takes the Lakers as a seven seed and, and turns them into a champion this year, I mean. Who can deny that this guy isn't the best player the sport has ever seen? Like, it's impossible. You can't deny it. It's crazy. But, again, Dylan Brooks, I, I don't understand because you have a good team around you, John Morant and Des Bain. I mean, Morant coming back has been big for, I just think, their psyche in general because he's so electrifying and he does all these things on the court that not many people can do. Uh, I like the way Desmond Bain's playing. He's been playing super good, and he's one of those guys that he doesn't – I mean, I don't want to say he doesn't talk much because he does sometimes jaw a little bit, but he's nothing like Dylan Brooks where he's not – he doesn't have to be the center of attention. He doesn't really care to be. And to be honest, I think the most intriguing matchup that this series has held has been between the two big men. Jaron Jackson Jr. and Anthony Davis have been battling down low all series and it's fun to watch because those two are both i mean jaron jackson coming off defensive player of the year and you have ad who again another one of those guys who wants to submit their legacy in terms of being a dominant big man in this league he's done it for uh, the better half of five to six years now and he wants to continue to do so i mean he's been playing in the league for a while and i mean they got the bubble ring i think lebron wants to settle this thing once and for all and submit that he is the greatest of all time. And I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be the one to bet against him because I'm a, I'm a betting guy. I I do, I do my thing every day, day. but yeah, but (laughs) you, you like Memphis tonight. And I, you know, I tend to agree with you, but they won't be on my slips. (laughs) No, no, no. And I'll tell you what, LeBron James had a quiet night because he didn't really need to have a loud night, and he still finished with 25 points. I'll tell you what, if they need him down the stretch tonight, you might look at 40 on their dome with three to four threes made. Like, I would Mm -hmm. not be shocked if LeBron had one of those LeBron-type nights. Like, it's it's just coming, and I can feel it. And kind of because Dylan Brooks, (laughs) I mean... Uh, you're there you're dumb for that man i mean that's 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 just silly i don't understand that no and he saved himself too because they asked him after game three oh uh what are your comments about this and that he's like oh i have no comments i'm not gonna speak <laughs> he's smart he was smart not to speak bro, i'm sure he, somebody yeah. probably said something to him oh, yeah, i saw lebron course, said something dude. to him on the court i saw lebron yeah. said something to him on the court before the game i'm i i want to say i saw like the the closed captioning of what they actually said. Somebody put it on Twitter, but I can't remember exactly what it was, but he basically just told him you're making a fool out of yourself because you're, you're provoking someone that just can't be provoked. And I don't know. I I really, like I said, there's only one more series that I like more than that one. And it's the Kings warriors, but I, have yeah, been... go ahead, go, go into it, go into it. All right. Yeah. I've been staying up late to watch both these series, to be honest, because they both are. They yeah. They're both fire. Yeah. They've been fun to watch the Kings and warriors played. Uh, yesterday afternoon and dude <laughs> golden state looked what a game. great what a game yeah they looked what great a... the entire game right but sacramento just they they, they don't they quit. always hang around they yeah. always hang around and it's it's i don't know if it's obviously you have the aaron fox clutch player of the year he's someone that is turning into a budding superstar in this league he's kind of turning heads and this is i 
kind of expected the postseason to be that platform for him to kind of kind of take that extra step up and say, yeah, there's finally another superstar here in Sacramento. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah, we're we're coming. The Kings are back. Like it, it's like like the beam, right? I love That's it. The, I love it. Like like the beam. It's yeah. funny too because like I'm a big baseball guy myself too, and like there's a couple teams in the baseball atmosphere this year that like the pirates for example like there's a couple teams that have been making some loud noise early on in the year i love seeing these teams that haven't been good for a while just kind of mm-hmm. make that little bit rise a little yeah, bit it's good it's good for any league really yeah, it's, dude, good for it's any great league. and sacramento honestly they're right around i mean it's basically north california but i guess they are kind of central too it's a big state they're right around like San Jose and San Francisco. Like the Warriors and Sacramento, the Kings are they're close. Like that that is not a far drive. I don't believe. I don't think it cannot be more than three hours that drive. Like okay. it is a close, tight. It's it's a tight war. Like this. Yeah, is, I this think is the I, rivalry that they care about a lot. Like this yeah. is something that both of these franchises, although it hasn't been a rivalry that hasn't been, I guess it's been a dormant rivalry. We'll say for a while because of how the Kings have played. And even the Warriors were pretty bad for a while until Steph and Clay and all these guys showed up. But, oh, I mean, it's just so fun. You're watching De- – you're basically watching Darren Fox go toe-to-toe with the Splash Brothers every single time they're out there. And the end of that game yesterday was great. Harrison Barnes has a chance to finish it against his former team. He I mean, he just – just – had too much this, on it. Hit that back. This the, yeah. But oh, my God. Just I like, imagine how good that would have felt for him, considering the fact that he wanted the max from the Warriors, and they were like, no, dude, we ain't giving it to you. Give no, and after, what, after 2016, too, he yeah. had a shot like that that he missed, and, and yeah. the Cavaliers won. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's crazy. It, it's, 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 been, it's been super fun. And like I said, I think the magnitude of how this has been like a rivalry throughout the years in the NBA. And now it's back on the biggest stage in the playoffs. And they're both just, I mean, Golden State coming off of winning and the Kings coming back. And the Kings did the three. You'd think, obviously, like, oh, the Warriors are the three seed in this year. So huh? it's like, no, it's the Kings. Like, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's just crazy how this it's year's insane. worked out. Like, it's, it's wild. It's just, this one has been just so 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 fun to watch i love this series yeah i love it too man hey mad props to De'Aaron fox uh malik monk like they're coming out with so much energy and the way that they're playing man i just love to see it bro like they're not backing down like you said they don't go away they're they're making sure that they're staying within reach in every single game in this series man and it just really sucks because i wish sacramento would have played like minnesota first or (laughs) Like, maybe maybe even Memphis first, like, because, like, I would love to, like, root for them to go on to the next series. It's just that I'm not a huge Golden State fan. I just know that with all that experience, all those finals that they have won in the past few years, Steph being a, a, a two-time MVP, Clay being, like, seven-time All-Star, whatever the hell the case is, Jeremiah Green being two times defensive player of the year. Like they they know how to win. So if you're going up against an unexperienced Sacramento team that hasn't been in the playoffs for 20 seasons, I don't expect them to move on to the next round, bro. And I've talked about this with my boys. Like, like I see this game going to game seven, and Sacramento has the upper hand because they're at home, but 
I just feel like Golden State, they know how to win. They know how to pull out a win no matter what, and that's what's going to happen in Game 7. If it goes to Game 7, which, I do, again, I believe it will. And it just sucks to see for, you know, a rising superstar, Darian Fox. Like, I would love to see them move on. But going up against Golden State in the first round, I know Golden State is not good on the road. But, dude, being a championship team, like, recent champion, <laughs> like, dude, it's tough to count the Golden State Warriors out. Bro. Dude, and it just shows the depth of where the league has come. Like, Think of those years where you constantly kind of knew, like in the NBA, it was like, all right, it's going to be Cavs Warriors <laughs> before yeah. the season even started. It was like a th- three to four year span where you were like, well, there's three or four teams that can maybe compete against the Warriors in the West. And then there's maybe two teams in the East that are competing with LeBron's Cavs. And most likely, they're both going to meet in the finals again. And it happened for the longest time. And now you look at the league and you're like, wow, the team that won the championship last year probably had a pretty good year. Not great, obviously, to their standards, but a pretty good year in terms of the average NBA team standards. And you're looking at the Kings, who had a great year for their standards, probably the best year they've had, like you mentioned, in about 20 years. And they're present for that. Uh, You get the reigning NBA champions in the first round. Good <laughs> luck. And it's just like, wow, like the depth of the West and even the depth of the East. Like the NBA has come a very long way from just in four to five years where it's just ex- you're excited to watch the first round matchups in comparison to just the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals and up. Like to me, it's just made the league that much more exciting for the average fan, someone that isn't constantly a diehard NBA fan. And it makes just everything go better for Adam Silver because it's just more revenue, more teams, more cities like Sacramento are now like Cleveland has another great team where it's like they were terrible. Anytime LeBron wasn't a Cavalier, the Cavaliers were terrible for the longest time. And now Donovan Mitchell shows up and they have a good team. Obviously they're down three ones to the Knicks because Next are playing really, really good. Hey, but. that's crazy. I didn't – yo, I would not – I thought they were going to tie it up yesterday, bro. Honestly, I thought they were going to tie it up. But I, I expected Donovan Mitchell to come out and probably yeah, try to showcase too. who he was. He had nine points at halftime. I was like, wow, like that ain't doing much for your team. And they were only not. down – they were only down like eight points at halftime, and he had nine. Well, they came back because they were down like yeah. 15, yeah. like mid-second quarter, and then they came yeah. back. But he didn't even do much. It was – the other role players on the team, and maybe Darius Garland. I think he had like six points then in the second quarter. Yeah, yeah, that's sorry. That series is interesting too because I do think that. Look, obviously, that the reseeding to me is interesting that they don't do it in NBA because I do know in a couple sports they do do the reseeding process where, if say the Heat won, they would play the top remaining seed left in the playoffs instead of guaranteeing playing uh the Knicks or Cavs. So it is interesting to me how the NBA does it like that. And I I mean I kind of like it in a way because you can kind of game plan for who you're going to be playing after the first series. Whereas mm-hmm. obviously the conference finals there's only two teams left. So whoever's left that's who you're playing. So I kind of like it. But I don't know, dude. I if Miami wins tonight, I, that whole series changes for me. So then that whole complexion of that side of the bracket changes for me because if the Knicks win, I was kind of expecting the Cavs to win that series. And now that they're me down too. three, yeah. And now that they're down three one, 
I find it difficult for them to see that way back, especially having to walk into the Garden game six, even if yep. the Cavs do win that game at home, which I do think they will. I think the Knicks will end it in six because realistically, it's this looks like a madhouse at the Garden, and uh, the Knicks have been playing really well there. So, <laughs> Yeah, man. No, their fans are crazy, crazy, crazy. I think one of the best fans in the NBA for, for me, really, and I think like second will be Sacramento. I think they're they're like right there within each other, honestly. And then every other team is just like, like they're here, and then every other team is like, yeah, honestly, because I know how it is in Miami. People show up late as hell because in Miami there's so much to do. It's not like, oh damn, the Miami he played today. Damn, we gotta go to the game. Like if it's Oklahoma City Thunder or something like that, you know, that's not they're not really having a lot of events going around around the city. Miami, there's a lot of things to do, but New York is kind of like Miami. They have a lot of events going around the city, but. Their fans are like die hard fans. Like when they suck, they still showing up to the game and selling it out. So I I, I like I like and they did. The, they sucked for a long time. Yeah, yeah, they sucked <laughs> for a long time. Right, and right now, I mean, they're good right now, but they still haven't done like crazy work. Like this is gonna they've be the sec. They've done this is gonna be their next. If they advance, they beat Cleveland. Advance the second round. This is gonna be the first time that they advance in like what. I think early 2000s, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been a while. No, not early. I mean, not early. That Carmel, did Carmelo ever advance? No. Really? Uh, no. Oh, so then maybe it has been that while. Wow, yeah. I thought, Car- they got I thought to, Carmelo maybe had done it. They got to the playoffs with Carmelo, but they lost to us the first round. I never won a series. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Look, I mean, who would have thought that there was a possibility three games into both of these series that it could be Heat Knicks? Not me. Crazy rivalry, I, too. I didn't think, that's what I'm saying, and I didn't think so. So if that did happen, and then it was Sixers Celtics on the other side, that's a whole lot of uh, that's a whole lot of rivalry going on in the last four of the Eastern Conference. Obviously, those are big ifs because Giannis will have something to say about that. But all the other series, I think that's how oh. it's going to work out. So. It's uh, it's gonna be interesting seeing both all three out of possible four teams left in the East being the Knicks, Sixers, and Celtics, because all three of those teams can't stand each other. And the yeah, Knicks, yeah. if they do somehow escape the Bucks, if the Bucks beat Miami, hmm, Knicks, Sixers, or Knicks, Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals will be just an electrifying thing to watch. Yeah. It will be something special for real. No, and look at the other side. You got oh, I know. You got Golden State might play the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I love like, it. The only thing is Denver. Denver hasn't, you know, they And they don't count them. out Phoenix, man. The yeah, Suns no, no. Are Phoenix is else, no, different. Dude. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Phoenix is going to be I think Phoenix beats Denver. That's that's realistically, I think that's what's going to end up happening. I think KD and Book are going to take that series by storm. Jokic is great. Don't get me wrong. Michael Porter went crazy. He had a he had a great game last night trying to even come back and sweep uh, Minnesota. But oh yeah, twelve point fucking turnaround yeah. in the last uh-huh. minute and a half. Yeah, and I Jeez. think I think Porter had nine of them. Like he was, yeah 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 he, he had like cashing three out. Yep, yeah, he yep. was cashing out at the end of that game. Like they have a great team. Don't get me wrong. But the pedigree that the Suns possess right now is something scary. I will. Th- I think. Listen, that's who I think is coming out of. Uh, that's who I think is coming out of the West. And I think props to Russell Westbrook. You know, like clap it off for Russ because yeah, that real, man has man. been God, playing man. out. 
outstanding to try and keep the Clippers. And that conversation me and you had yeah. back in the class, remember that? Oh, and you know what's crazy? Yeah, and you know what's crazy <laughs> about that too, right? Like Russ got, got cut by the Lakers this year, right? Obviously, he's gone through adversity throughout this year. He goes back to L.A. and decides, you know what? I'm going to help this team. And Paul George advocated for him. I was like, yo, he's gonna he's gonna be a difference maker for us. Like you watch. And boy has he been. Like he's he's done everything for him. And he's done stuff for them that he they haven't had in a minute. He to dropped me, 39 last game, I think. That's what I'm saying. And to yeah. me, it's more important to have someone like that that can constantly be a threat than anything else. Like he's yeah. he's just been that guy for them. It's it's been something. No, it's been incredible. And I just hate how why he's not playing? PG's not playing because if they're playing, I think this series right now would be like neck and neck. With them yeah. out, Phoenix is just you know their defense is not nowhere to be seen. And then you got the bench players, Terrence Mann, um, Norman Powell has been good. He dropped forty two one. Norman Powell's been good. He yeah. has been good. I think he has, he has to be good. more consistent, but he still has been good. But you got one dude coming off the bench who's going to score like that. And who, who else is going to come off the bench and score? Yeah. Nobody. So and I th- it's 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 terrible, too, because, you know, you hear all this stuff about Kawhi. And I hope that he's missing time because of the injury. Because uh, I don't know if you get the report that what's been going on with, with him. Right and knee it's and, not, or well, right ankle. Not even injury terms. Uh, he's been going through personal things that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that I think may be affecting uh, his availability process as well. And if it is, uh, you know, you, you have to respect that, I think. But it, it's tough. It's tough, man. Like, it's tough to see you're paying PG and Kawhi combined close to $90 million. And uh, neither of them are there when it matters most. Like, these are the times where you want both these guys constantly on the floor playing 30-plus minutes. Like Kawhi, yeah, Kawhi load managed throughout the year for this exact reason to make sure that he had the necessary health to be able to be an impact player down the stretch. And he hasn't been that. He hasn't been that since the last year in Toronto or the only year in Toronto. Imagine being a Raptors fan. Like you got the only year that Kawhi Leonard has been healthy enough to be that guy from start to finish. And it's crazy because it put the Clippers in a trance to be able to let him basically run the franchise. I want Paul George. I want this. I want that. And then I'll come and be a Clipper. Mm-hmm. But I won't be there when it matters most. And like, it's just so hard to, it's just so hard to be a Clippers fan and think about that aspect of it that you either can't stay healthy or. Just there's other things that have constantly made it impossible for you guys to win because you don't have everyone together ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> and I'm kind of to an extent I, I a Clippers fan because I became like a good fan of theirs when CP3 was there in Lob City and all that. Like I would love to watch their games when they go neck and neck with the Warriors before the Warriors came up. You know they 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 went to the Western Conference Finals. Mm. Did they? Did they go to West Coast? Presence? I'm pretty sure I, they I did. I think I'm they went sure they once. Are they? Are they, lo- they maybe lost to Houston in seven to before they got there, or someone? Some yeah. or someone beat them in seven before they got to the. Actually, West I think the I think. first time, 
the Clippers got to the Western Conference Finals was the year that the Phoenix Suns went to the NBA Finals because they faced each other. In the, I think that was their first year. So they always went to the second round and stuff. They're always good yeah. with J.J. Redick. And I was always a fan of theirs. So, like, I would love to see them going neck to neck with, with the Phoenix Suns right now. But like you said, Kevin, Kevin Durant, the, the Devin Booker, they're just two arsenals that you cannot get rid of. And then DeAndre Aiden's playing all right. He's not playing bad. And then CP3, he's clutching it up in the fourth quarter of every game right now. Like he he's doing what he needs to do. He doesn't want to shoot and stuff. He's gonna give it to the shooters so they can make points. He's just gonna run the floor and play great defense. But in the fourth quarter, if they need him, he's gonna show up, and that's what's been going on. That's why they're up three one right now. And I, I and I'm with you. I picked them to go all the way. I just don't like the fact that their bench is not deep enough. You know they do have a a Kuje, if I pronounce it right, a Kuje coming off the bench, and he he's been doing work like he's been like a pest on both sides of the ball, you know? And, but I I feel like they just need like two more pieces to actually help them out to try to win an NBA finals. I still believe they can get there, but going up against a Boston Milwaukee team, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough for them with that depth, but I do, I do like them to go to the NBA finals for sure. You need, you need a Landry Shamit to step up. You need certain guys to be able to come off the bench and make an instant impact type stuff. I mean, Shamit is pretty good shooting the three, but He's also very unpredictable. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Torrey Craig's the same type of way. I know he's a starter, but he does the same type of thing where it's like he can get hot and give you spurts where you're really just kind of looking for him. And then there's also times where you're just trying to avoid him because he's just not hot and he's not doing his thing. So I agree with you. The depth is definitely a concern, but I don't know. Something about CP, KD, and Book just works. And I think KD is more open to the idea of having two dominant scorers because he just he just gets his assists up. He's just like, all right, I'll just give it to Devin. Like, all right, like you want to double team me or double team him? You guys all can't double team all of us because there's gonna be three guys open. Somebody's gonna make a shot. Or if not, get a good look. So it's it's tough to it's tough to guard all three of them at the same time. You need to have one at least lockdown guy, a Marcus Smart esque, Jaron Jackson esque, somebody that can lock down one of them. And then I mean Good luck. Then your second and third best defenders have to guard CP and KD or Book, which, I mean, that's tough to do, dude. It's just tough to do. (laughs) Imagine your your second best defender is is guarding Devin Booker. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, dude, that's tough. And then then your third best defender is guarding the point guard. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. Good luck for real. Well, the NBA playoffs, man been exciting up to this point for sure it's going to get even more hectic on uh, from tonight and on guys out there pray for miami to win this game for <laughs> baby god damn for my my hispanic people santeria baby <laughs> god damn. but we're moving on man to your boy jalen hurts getting this contract the extension well deserved as well well deserved not a uh you know me i'm a big time cowboys fan so uh I would not want to see you guys give this guy an extension. I don't want like to see any progression that you guys have, but it's well deserved five year extension through the 2028 NFL season with the Philadelphia Eagles. The extension is worth up to $255 million, giving Hertz the highest annual salary of $51 million and then $179.3 million. Zero four million guaranteed 
plus a no trade clause, which is the first ever in Eagles history. I know you're excited about this deal, man, because he is the friend. No, he, he's the franchise right now and the future franchise of your team. I know you're excited about it, but let us know, man. Tell your excitement. It's uh, <laughs> it's crazy to think. It's crazy to think just uh, just three years ago, they were giving Carson Wentz a four-year, $129 million deal that uh, that was making him one of the highest-paid quarterbacks annually in the league. Uh, and then the next year, they draft this kid that, you know, obviously you think about it at the time, and you're like, why? Why would you do this? Like, why would you, why would you draft, why would you draft this guy just considering you just paid the guy that you just told everybody was the franchise, right? And uh, Harry Roseman came out after that and said, we're a quarterback factory. We're, we're going to, we want to, we want to churn quarterbacks out. What does that even mean? Number one. Like, That's some what? bullshit answers. Yeah. Like, what do you, what does that even, what does that even mean? Like, what? So you want to constantly have a, dynamite backup quarterback that you can maybe ship off at all times. Like nobody understood what that meant at the time. Right. And uh, I think it was a smokescreen for, I like this kid and we wanted to draft him and we think that he might develop the way we like to. And Howard Roseman, I think the past couple of years has specifically targeted personality and targeted who the, obviously you have to be a great football player, but you're looking at these in draft interviews and things like that. And it's like, He's he's asking the most obscure questions and things of that nature to try to get who you actually are. This guy is a natural born leader. This guy is the like the franchise quarterback is an understatement. He he is the team. Like this guy runs this organization now, and he finally just got paid the way he deserves to be paid. Uh, I think the biggest thing about this deal is the sixty four million dollars that he's going to be making. Uh, through the 2024 season, that's two years, so 32 each year. Mm-hmm. That's giving them so much flexibility to do all all of these wonderful things that you're hearing that the Eagles might do, like, oh, maybe perhaps get Derrick Henry or oh, oh. maybe perhaps, you know, go out and draft a Bijan Robinson-type guy. Or I hope not. Draft somebody along the lines that might help him, like a – like a certain Ohio State wide receiver, I've heard a couple, couple things about Arvin Harrison too. Not even him. I've heard about the, the little slot guy too. You know, okay. the, the the Ohio the Ohio State's. I mean, they're wide receiver. You, but yeah. Look, Jalen Hurts is a team friendly guy, and I think that's what shows in this contract. He's been made the highest paid player in the NFL. I guarantee you that lasts until Lamar gets his contract. Until Joe Burrow gets his contract, Joe Burrow uh, for sure. Lamar until is... just until Justin Herbert gets his contract. Uh, I think it was tempting to let him play on his four point two base salary for this last year because they could have let him play it on another four point two million dollar year. But if he plays the way, if he even plays seventy five percent of the way he played last year, next year you're looking at all of a sudden having to pay him close to sixty million a year in comparison. Oh, so you to get that out of the way now. Yes. Get it out of the butt. Absolutely. He get he gets it out of the way. And I think the biggest thing for me now is the fact that he just can now focus on one thing and one thing only and just getting that championship. You got See, there last which, year. 
You Which got he there really wants. Year. Yes, he, really he wants, wants it bad. You can tell, and you can tell he wants it. And he, he said it in his presser today. Money is nice. Championships are better. Like, you know what is actually on his mind. And I think it just puts a lot of things to bed in terms of rumors and little things that any media member can even think about making a possibility on Twitter that gets clicks and things of that nature. Just get it out of the way. You know you want to pay him at the end of the day. And that's what they did. Howie Roseman has been playing chess with a bunch of checkers players, in my opinion, in terms of the GM world for the past couple of years now. Uh, and this is another thing that shows it. Jalen Hurts is 24 years old. They said so they locked him up for the next five years. He will be 29 or 30 when this ends. What better window of football do you want than right there? You can't get a better window than right there. 24 to 30, especially in the in the quarterback world. That's if time to win, baby. This is your window. This is yeah. Mahomes-esque. This is you wanna he's getting paid like he's Patrick Mahomes-esque. He's getting paid like he's one of these big top guys. And guess what? Like, I know you hate to hear it. He is. <laughs> He is one of those top guys, and uh, I'm telling you, don't let them add another running back back there because I already think Rashad Penny's going to have a good year, but you put King Henry back there, or you put, or you put Bijan back there, or you put, to be honest, if you add any first-round talent weapon to that offense that could slot. The only other option would be slot wide receiver. Quez Watkins didn't, wasn't that guy last year, and I think – if there was an upgrade at that position, I think they would take it in the draft coming on Thursday. But I'm telling you, this guy, this offensive line, and on top of that, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, like it's the same names, but they're just all 24 instead of 23, 25 instead of 24. They're all in their prime. This is the thing that's scary about this team. Howie Roseman made this team look at the future. They didn't care about, he wants to sustain success. And that's just something you can appreciate as a fan of this team. And it just showed this week with this deal. I mean, Jalen Hurts had 18 rushing touchdowns last year. I mean, you could call him a running back if you wanted to, but he also had a QBR of over 110. So, you know, pick your poison and it's, uh, <laughs> Good luck. It's funny. It's funny that you say that because I remember what uh, looking at this meme. It's like some dude was like, "Yo, if we want to get us out of the the debt that we have, the sixteen trillion dollar debt, just put seventeen trillion on Jalen Hurts getting a rushing touchdown." God damn it! That's it. Was For real. <laughs> For real. Because well, seriously though, because anytime they were at the one, it was like, "All right, well, you know what's coming that yep. big that big butt quarterback sneak where they just push him in." And the NFL tried, they tried killing it this year. They tried killing it. They tried and killing it. I don't it. like that, like, dude. Of course like, not. Why would you, why, why, dude, why are you kill a someone team, that's successful? Yeah, bro. You're just mad that every other team can't do that because they don't yeah. have an electrifying quarterback like you do <laughs> and an offense that can actually like push them in exactly. and get them in the end zone. Exactly. No, don't do that, man. It's exactly. just the other teams got to get better. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, it, and there was teams that stopped it too. Dallas stopped it a couple times on Thanksgiving. Gardner Minshew was in. But teams can stop 
exactly. Now, but it's like, different it's not with Jalen Hurts. It's yeah, different. it's definitely different. Yeah, but but I'm saying at the end of the day, like it's definitely like it's not impossible. Like it's, no, it's, it's possible not. to stop. No, you just no, gotta do it. Yeah, and guess what? Exactly. You all can do it too. Like it's like it's the same thing. Like I agree with you 100, percent dude. Like yeah. you can't outlaw no. a play specifically That's because weak. a couple That's weak. certain teams can do it well. Like Baltimore does it well too. They do it every time. Every time they need to, Lamar's like, all right, yeah, I'll get the half yard. I can I can most likely do that. I mean, what Tom Brady did it. Amazingly, when he was in the league, and it's like oh, it was great when it's he like did six, it. Like six six, but yeah. yeah. But it's like it's great. It's great when he did it. But now Hurts is doing it well. It's like yeah. oh my gosh, this thing needs to be banned. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, what does Stoop. that even mean? Stoop. Oh man. So you said honestly, the only thing I'm gonna say because everything that you said just hit it right on the head. The only thing that I'm gonna include is that the conversations that you and I had about Hurts throughout the years that we've known each other, and it's just like we both agree on the fact that. This man works so hard that every single year he's gotten so much better. Like, it's not even like something you can't see. Like, you see it. Like, this man puts in the work and he just gets so much better. When, when we were talking about how when he uh, went up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that wild card round um, against Tom Brady or whatever, the thing that he was lacking was his accuracy. Then he comes back the next year, and it just went from, like, if I put a number out there, it went from, like, 40% accurate to, like, 70. Like, yeah, well, he went crazy. he went from, he went from like, around, like, a 55% completion percentage to, like, 73. Yeah. Like it was, see, like, a 73% completion up, percentage in the pocket, too. Yeah. Like, not even when he was running around, which is probably when he's most dangerous. When he's outside the pocket, good luck, because he's either going to run or he's either going to dart someone into a tight window. Like, he does it so well now, especially on the run, where it's like, you have to contain him in the pocket, and now he's getting good in the pocket. So it's like, oh, God, how do you stop this guy with the weapons around him? It's like, it's, it's hard, dude. It's, 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 it's tough to stop this team. And I, it's, again, don't let them get one of those running backs I just mentioned to you. If one of those two <laughs> running backs finds themselves, even Zeke, if Zeke finds himself on the Eagles at the end of the day. Oh my god, I you, hate that. If bro. he stays healthy, he's going to he's gonna be doing a lot of this. Literally, he's gonna be doing a lot of that. Yeah, because I'm telling you what, that offensive line, too. dude, that offensive line is legit. Like I'm telling you, it's legit. And if they stay healthy, like, oh man, it's it's gonna be a tough, tough go for anybody who has to face the Philadelphia Eagles. And quite frankly, like looking at the NFC, especially now, if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Who are the two best quarterbacks in the NFC to you? Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Those are the two best quarterbacks in the um, NFC. Damn. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, so, that's crazy. I mean, I don't see anybody stopping unless it's the Cowboys, which I, I mean, very well might be because they're def- again. If there's somebody's defense can figure out, if anybody's defense would be able to figure, to be able to figure it out the way, it would it be was. the Cowboys. You're going to play. It would have to be a third time playing them in the playoffs. So you're already going to see them twice if you get to that point. Listen, all I know is this rivalry that our two teams have is probably going to take an advanced leap pretty quickly here if there's not massive improvements from other teams throughout this NFC conference. Like the yeah, AFC literally, literally. is loaded. I mean loaded. Like next year the AFC is going to be like you thought this year was a dog fight. Like Mahomes is great. Don't get me wrong, but if you don't like if you don't see a world where Aaron Rodgers gets the one seed and puts the Jets in contention and their defense isn't good enough to beat 
the Chiefs at home in a playoff game, you're crazy yeah, because yeah, yeah. that team is damn well good enough. The, the Bengals are going to be just right there again as well. The Bills are going to be right there as well. I think the Broncos are going to come back. The and Broncos have a better probably year, will have better. a great year. Yes, yeah. exactly. The Broncos will probably have an outstanding year in comparison to the year they had last year. And I still believe in Russell Wilson. I me too. Really me too. I think he Russell just needs Wilson. a bounce back. Yes. I think he needs a bounce back. It's so hard. It's so hard to just to just turn your back on a quarterback that you know has proven so much throughout his career. It's just because he had one bad year and it's like bad years happen and he probably went through a lot in his life and things of that nature. And like, you know, life happens like, and like, it's, I guess that's hard for some people to comprehend, but you know, for <laughs> like, it's like, that happens. Like the, like life takes over sometimes. And you know, that I think that's kind of what happened with Russell Wilson a little bit. You, you see, you hear all of his teammates constantly in his corner. You hear Jerry Judy constantly in his corner. Like, it's like, all right, if the inside and all the people that he constantly is around is still believing in this guy, why shouldn't I? I don't know. No, so and I think, I think it was the coaching at the beginning of the yeah. season and throughout the whole season, really. Yeah. Now you got a Hall of Fame head coach and Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. And look, I don't even want to count out the Jags. The Jags are a team that intrigues yeah. the shit out of me, dude. I just think they need better defense, but <laughs> they do, know. they do. They they do need a better defense, and I think their line will get better via the draft and via free agency. But, dude, I'll tell you what, I I mean, or I shouldn't say free agency. I think they'll probably make moves leading up to the season, though, that'll put them in a position that'll have a better defense. I think in the draft. I, just, I think in the draft. Well, of course, the draft. Trade, yeah, but I think trade. yeah, exactly. I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna throw themselves in contention for one of those guys that are on the trade block. Uh-huh. But Jacksonville is a team that intrigues me because at the end of the day. Like Trevor Lawrence is another guy that is like, there's so many quarterbacks in the AFC that you're just like, wow, like football this year is going to be something like, especially on that side. But I look at our side week and I look down the list and I'm like, like, I'd have to like go like that. Cause I'm like, that's it. Like, really? Hey, Kirk cousins, like Danny dimes. Uh, I mean, Desmond Ritter. I don't know, like uh, CJ Shroud, probably. I mean, there'll probably be a couple rookies that come in and maybe start, but Derek Carr, Derek Carr, that's the that's the third best in my opinion. He's the third best quarterback in, and he was like the tenth best last year in the AFC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about that. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it's it's literally wide open for our our two teams to just go to the Super Bowl. For real, for real, and I and I damn well think if the man that we were just talking about that just got the two hundred fifty five million dollar payday, if he gets there again, I don't think he makes the same mistake twice, not in a row. So you think if they get back this year to the Super Bowl, you think no matter who they play, Mahomes, I, uh, yeah. I I I throw three best: Mahomes, Rogers, Herbert. You think that he wins no matter yeah. what? Yeah, I do. I think uh, I think the only way that he doesn't is if he faces Kansas City again. I think that's the one team that, to me, still could possibly have his number. Uh, I think if he faces any other team in the Super Bowl, he he already faced his toughest challenge. I think Patrick. I don't Mahomes, even think they have his number. Sorry to cut you off. Not even, even yeah. Sorry, not even not even have they, listen, not even have his. What number. you guys did differently in the second half compared to the first yeah. is that you guys didn't run the ball. Like yeah. and, and and that that should piss me off. I was yeah. like, dude, you guys were running it down yeah. their throats, and now you choose to pass the ball. Okay, I get it. You got to mix in, mix it out, but 
don't leave what you're damn what's getting yeah. you damn they, I mean they did they did a lot of things wrong in that game too especially on the defensive side uh more than anything and they like you said Mahomes was just he was just on the field too long throughout that game I don't I shouldn't say that they have their number you're right that's probably the wrong way to put it I think it's more so I think just when hurts to me is the type of guy to where he just doesn't make the same mistakes twice. Like he does yeah, something. I don't, and I don't it's, see and it it's, yeah. He just, he does something and it's kind of like, all right, well, I see what went wrong. There's a couple things that obviously did go wrong for him. If he doesn't fumble that ball and they return that touchdown, like that game is the Eagles have our two times Super Bowl champions. Like there's little things in that game that I think were once in a blue moon that wouldn't happen again if he got to that stage. And I also think one year of having that playoff run under his belt and one year of kind of being able to control his own narrative went a long way for him because this is the first year, may I remind you, that he had the same offensive coordinator, the same head coach, the same game plan, the same scheme, the same guys to throw to. All this stuff, like you thought year one hurts to Brown was good. Like, just get ready for the encore, baby. Because I'll tell you oh, what, like, that's exactly the former Heisman Trophy winner as your wide receiver, too. Like, it's, uh, it's that's your wide receiver, too. That's crazy. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, you have the best offensive line of football. And I'll say it one more time because I know I'm going to sound like a broken record and I know we're running out of time. But don't let these guys get one of those running backs, George. Don't do it. Because Especially Derek I, Henry, man. Oh, my God. Goodness, could you imagine a read option of Jalen Hurts and Derrick Henry uh, behind that offensive line? Jesus. Number one, even if you figure out which one of them is going to get the ball, good luck stopping them because <laughs> it's going to be hard to do. Even if it's Bijan, don't let another guy do it. Bijan gets that ball too. And I really do think that on a lesser scale, Rashad Penny, when healthy, will have – very good success in this offense, dude. Yeah, he could run it's, like 800 yards. Yes, have, if he stays like healthy, eight it, touchdowns. It, that's just the biggest problem with Rashad Penny is like he can never stay on the field, and that's yeah. that's obviously a big issue. That's why I wouldn't mind if one of Derek or Bijan found his way on this team because I really do think you're going to be talking, like I just said, I think we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, Cowboys and Eagles as the one-two combo in this uh, conference. And the thing is, only one of them can be the one. And then the other one, they're the five. They're the five. The wild card. That's, that's a long, Thanks. long way from that one, where you have to go meet that one at the top of the tower in their place at the end of the road. It's a big difference, and I yeah. think that'll be the only difference between the Cowboys and Eagles this year. Whoever wins the NFC East is going to the Super Bowl, so have fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a damn dogfight every single game for sure. It's going to be dope, man, but we're going to get out of here. Logan, if you want to let these fans know where they can watch your stuff, man, or, or listen to you because I know you be calling a lot of baseball games out yeah. there, so let them know. Let them know. I just need the ESPN app. I need the ESPN <laughs> app. You got me. On the, I'll be on 960 Washington this summer doing uh, doing minor league baseball, so that'll be a good time. And then uh, Logan Peter 9 on all the socials. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. Doing, doing
doing little stuff, not here and there, not crazy active on the socials, but I might have something in the future planned. So you got we'll your see. thing. You got your thing. I love, love keep keep grinding, man. Dog. Guys, you know you can follow me at G Mike Media on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, Twitter at George Mike Perez. The podcast, the audio version is available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Logan, hey, thank you again, man. You know I'm gonna have you back on soon. Hopefully the next round, the Philadelphia 76ers got Joel Embiid and they're playing against the Boston Celtics and y'all whoop they ass. Oh, maybe we'll see. Maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe at the end of that day we'll even see. We'll even maybe see that Heat Sixers matchup we want. That'll be sick. That'll be sick. We're <laughs> definitely going to the game 100%. Oh, yeah. You're coming. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You got to come here if that happens. Yeah. Well, if I go over there, I can't wear any Heat stuff. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's not like that. It's Actually, not you know, like I'll the Eagles Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll come down there. I'll come down there. They, we'll if do both. If, we'll do both. Yeah, yeah. We'll do one. Well, I don't know if I can do that, but... <laughs> How much? How much is uh like the highest like three hundred level that you guys got? How much does it take? Uh, the Celtics series is about one fifty right now. Yeah, the 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 net series was like seventy five. So I went to game three of the uh, Sixers net series, and we we were up top for. And like you win game one. Oh, my, I meant game one. Sorry, I meant okay, game yeah, one. Yeah, Not game three. Game, game three was in Brooklyn. I didn't go to that game. Yeah. I went to game one. Yes. And that was 75, I think. Something like that. Okay. So, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. But, obviously, next series, if JoJo's in there, it's going to be a little more. Because uh, everybody wants to see that. Everybody wants to see that. But, yeah, always always nice talking to you, brother. Yeah, bro. Hey, you already know, man. Get you back on the pod soon, man. Hey, thank you for your time. And keep grinding, my dog. Keep grinding. Yes, sir.